0: Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and while you're turning, I want to remind you, Wednesday night we're going to continue our series, Exposing the Cults. We're going to be talking about Scientology, Scientology, and what Tom Cruise and John Travolta and all these movie stars have gotten so stirred up about, and we're going to expose that cult. And so don't miss it. And today I want to continue now the Steady Eddie series. And, um, you know, somebody uh, did a wedding last night, so they're not here today. But the bride said to me, you're not preaching on Steady Eddie again tomorrow, are you? And I said, yeah. She said, oh, no. I said, it's your honeymoon. <laughs> she said, I know, but I don't want to miss it. I said, thank God for CDs because you better not show up at church tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Care leaders, we want to do that now? Oh okay, let me y'all forgive me. I should have done that. Let me let me do something. Care leaders come down front because they were in the first service, a lot of them, and what we want to do is introduce the new care meetings and then let them go and then we'll get into the word. are y'all okay with that? Because we are starting five new care groups tonight. okay? Now I don't see a couple of them, but let me go ahead and just introduce the ones that are. And I need let me let me show you who they are. And we'll we'll meet them. So y'all breathe deep and say praise God. Praise God. <laughs> All right, here's the new ones. Tell us your name, Matt. Uh, Matt and my wife Angie. I don't. Is it on? Let's turn it on, there, Stephen. <laughs> I'm Matt, and this is my wife Angie, and we're out in Alito. Yeah. Alito. Alito, here we come. And that'll be a great care group. They're having it at their home. So if you're from anywhere in that area, check them out. Check out the zip code. You got the addresses and everything out there. How can they find it? Uh, there's a map out front at the care board. And we'll be out there right after the service. Okay. David and Valerie C. will be at South Burleson, home of uh, Bob and Pam Starnes. South Burleson. And um, did I miss anybody down this way? Yeah. Mark and Patty Wheeler, and we'll be assisting the Dossett's and Burleson. West Burleson. West Burleson. Boy, Burleson, here we come. Now, any new ones down this way? All right. I have Raymond and Tammy Flores. We're going to be off of uh, South Granberry Road, and we're at the home of uh, Malcolm and uh, Michelle. And they can find the information right out there. All right. And that's it. And I want you, and a couple of the other new ones are gone. They were here in the early service. They're gone. But we're growing. And this is, huh? We have 11, now. 11 groups now. And this is uh, how we keep our, lar- our church larger and smaller at the same time. I encourage you to go to a care group tonight. Find the zip code nearest you out there on the care map and attend one. You'll be blessed. They have a great word. They're going to worship and they always eat good. Yes, always. So thank you guys. God bless you. Give my hand, everybody. All right, now we can look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. And I want to call this today, Keep Your Cool. Can you say with me? I want to see how well this service can say it, cool. cool. Keep Your Cool. Did you know that's in the Bible? That God tells believers to keep their cool. Now I'm reading the Amplified Version, so yours may not say this, but it's there. The first part of 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 says, but as for you, be calm and cool and steady. Be calm, cool, and steady. Now turn to Proverbs 25, 28. This is our keynote verse for this entire series, Steady Eddie, part four today. Proverbs 25, 28. A warning from the word of God. Proverbs 25, 28 this is such a true statement. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. He who has no rule over his mind, will, and emotions is like a city that has no walls where the enemy comes in and out at his pleasure. You have no defense Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it in Jesus' name, and help us, Lord, to be spirit-controlled, I pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor when you're seated and tell him, keep your cool. Now, since I'm talking today about controlling the emotions, or the emotions being under the control of the Holy Ghost, I want to change that last verse to read like this. He who has no rule over his own emotions is like a city broken down without walls. He who has no rule over his own emotions is like a city broken down without walls. Now, for weeks now, we've been talking about steady eddy. God wants us to be consistent. He wants us to be stable. He doesn't want us to be shooting stars. He wants us to be steady eddy. He wants our lights to shine consistently, daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. Not here today, gone tomorrow. Not up and down. Not hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. But steady. Blazing on like a candle that burns. And so we've been talking about last time disciplining our wills. You've got to discipline your will. Talked about Jesus disciplining his will, not my will but thine be done, Jesus told God. And we've been talking about holy habits and how the same way you can have bad habits, you can have good habits. And we've talked about how to form those habits and having habits that bless us and bring favor on our lives. Talked about Jesus who's in the habit of attending the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, the church service every Sabbath. He was there every time, every week. And it says that he went to hear the reading of the word as his habit was. So Jesus had holy habits. Of course, he was the ultimate holy person, but he had these habits. We talked about Daniel who habitually prayed. He even considered prayer important enough to risk his life he prayed three times a day at the risk of his life, said, this habit is worth my life. What it does for me is worth my life. Now, today I want to talk to you about how to bring our emotions under the control of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. God wants our emotions to be under control. He wants us to have steady eddy emotions. I can't tell you how important this is. You know, we're emotional beings. Have you noticed that? If you're an emotional person, can you say amen? Sure, you're emotional. The Bible talks about all kinds of emotions, good and bad. Let me give you an example. Negative emotions the Bible talks about. Shame, jealousy, envy, hate, anger, fear. These are all negative emotions that will tax you, that you'll pay a price for, if those emotions are ruling your mind. Some good ones the Bible talks about, compassion, joy, courage, righteous indignation, peace, happiness. Jesus said, if you do what I've told you to do, you will be happy. Even the Holy Ghost has emotions. You can grieve him. He can give you peace. He can cause you to have the joy of the spirit. So we are emotional creatures. There is no way to get around that. God wired us to be emotional. We are going to be emotional. And the Bible teaches that emotions can run away with us sometimes with disastrous consequences. And this is where we need to bring them under control. Listen to some of the Bible's warnings. Proverbs 14:29 says, "He who is slow to anger has great understanding if you've got a long fuse when it comes to your anger you've got great understanding but he who is short of spirit exalts promotes folly so there the bible is saying don't be quick to be emotional proverbs 29 verse 11 says a fool vents all his feelings but a wise man holds them in Did you know that it's not the wisdom of God that you vent everything you feel? The Bible says that if you're a wise man, you will hold some of your emotions back. You'll keep them in check, keep them reined in. This is the person, the person who doesn't hold anything back, who's always venting their emotions. You know them. They may be you. This is the person who experiences constant emotional outbursts. They wear their feelings on their sleeve. There's no rain on their emotions. They're right there at the surface, ready to boil over like a screeching teapot. Emotional. You wear them on your sleeve. You're an emotional person. People see you coming, they say, Oh, no. Don't say anything to offend them. Don't say anything to rattle them because they'll boil over and they're emotional. They get mad easy, sad easy emotional easy, always crying, always upset, always in turmoil, always on the inside churning and burning and restless and upset. That's not the will of God. The Bible graphically describes the life of an angry man who cannot control his emotions. Listen to what Solomon, how he describes him. A man of great anger will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you've got to do it over and over and over and over again. The man who is not in control, the woman who is not in control of his or her emotions, and they boil over in anger all the time. Those are rescue projects. You've got to rescue. You've got to. Do, you've got to play damage control with this person all the time. Follow along behind them and pick up the mess from what they leave behind for their emotions that are out of control endless cycle of pain and regret with this person because they're not in charge of their emotions someone said that people who fly into a rage always make a bad landing it's good to remember that you can't save face if you lose your head The story is told of one golfer who said to another, that's what I like about you. When the golf ball goes into the rough, you don't cuss. The man replied, that may be true, but where I spit, the grass dies. That's why I quit golfing. A lot of dead grass behind me. It's not easy to rein in our emotions. It's not easy to do. It's very difficult. It's hard to remember Paul's words that we already read, but as for you, be calm and cool and steady, suffering unflinchingly every hardship. He's literally telling Timothy and all believers, be steady Eddie, steady, cool, calm. One woman known for being normally composed stomped into the credit department of a jewelry store seething over a payment reminder she'd gotten in the mail and blurted to the stunned clerk, you've made me so think I can't mad straight. Now, let me help y'all. You've made me so mad I can't think straight. You'll get it tonight. Now, here's the facts on emotions, and I want you to hear me on this one. This is what the Word of God says. Most new Christians are ruled by emotions. And some very old Christians. And God desires our emotions to come under the control of His Spirit. That's the will of God. They are to come under the control of God's Spirit. God sent his spirit inside of us that says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. That's why God gave his spirit. You have the spirit of God inside of you to bring power and love and self-control. And self-control has to do with your mind, your will, and your emotions. One day, King David was well aware that his emotions had gone out of control and were getting out from under the will of God. And he prayed this prayer. He said, why are you cast down? Now notice, he's talking to his own soul. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? What are you doing? What are you doing out of control like this, oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Churning, restless, upset. Why have my emotions gone in 30 different directions? What's wrong with you, soul? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him notice he talks to his own soul because he knew my soul, my emotions, they're getting out from under the will of God for me to be disquieted and upset, constantly churning on the inside. That's not the will of God. So he says, soul, come into line with the will of God. You ever talk to your soul? If you ever talk, Jesus said, you will speak to this mountain and it shall be removed. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And say to your soul, what are you doing? Why are you going off in that direction and this direction and coming out from under the will of God? What are you so uptight about? Why are you so filled with fear? Why are you so angry? He spoke to his runaway emotions and ordered them to get into line with God's will. Sometimes you got to do that. Just speak to him in the name of Jesus. Settle down. Stop it. We've got some emotional people in here. See, nobody's going to shout me down now unless you look emotional. Now, i got to tell you, it's not wrong to have emotions, but it is not the will of God for them to be out of control. It's not wrong to be emotional. I've already been emotional today. I'm emotional right now. I love ministering the Word. I was emotional during worship. That's good. But God doesn't want our emotions out of control. Paul said, I will not be mastered by anything but God and that includes my emotions god doesn't want to do away with our emotions but hear me he wants to sanctify our emotions so that he can use them as a tool and gateway for godly feelings god wants to sanctify us body soul and spirit that's what the bible is talking about when it says faithful is he who calls you who also will do it what is the it he will sanctify you body soul and spirit. And that means your emotions. God wants to harness your emotions. He wants your emotions to come under the control of the Holy Ghost so that your emotions can be a channel for godly feelings. So that when you see somebody in need, you're moved with compassion. It says that many of the miracles Jesus did, he was moved with compassion. Jesus was emotional, but they were godly emotions. So our emotions need to come under the control of the Holy Spirit. A Christian who lives under control of their emotions and not the Holy Ghost is going to be unstable in their walk with God. It's a guarantee. James talked about the double-minded man, the the man of two minds. He says you can't be double-minded. You can't be trusting God and be emotional at the same time. That is, you can't be filled with negative emotions and be trusting God. Listen to what Paul prayed. He said, my prayer is that you would no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro. And that's a picture of the emotional person. They're up, they're down. They're up, they're down. They're upset, they're not. The emotion-driven person is happy one minute and depressed the next. Friendly one minute, angry the next. You never know what to do or what to say around an emotional person. Any sudden change in circumstances throws an emotional person into chaos. Some of you live with those. Some of you are one of those. Every little disturbance in the life of an emotion-driven person can knock them off their spiritual equilibrium. Any change in circumstances, they get all upset. Where's God? What's He doing? How come it's not happening like I thought that it would? Why'd you this? Why'd you that? You know what it's like if you live with an emotion-driven person or if you are one. It's tyranny. On the other hand, a spirit-controlled Christian maintains his cool, experiences great peace under every circumstance. No matter how much they are provoked to anger or excitement or danger, the spirit-controlled person has peace in the midst of the storm. You know, I think about Peter. Here's Simon Peter. In the middle of the storm at sea, he's, he freaked out. He jumped up. Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus gets up, yawns, speaks to the storm. It stops. Who are we following that even the winds and the sea obey him? But at that point, Peter was emotion-driven. But when you hop into the book of Acts, he's been arrested. He's thrown in jail. He knows the next day he may be martyred. And where do you find Peter? He's asleep in the jail. The angel has to smite him with his sword to even wake the man up. Peter, how are you asleep when you may be martyred tomorrow? Because I've learned not to be emotion-driven. I am driven by faith, and I'm driven by peace. I learned the hard way that he's in charge of the storms of my life, and I don't need to be emotional. A Christian under spirit-controlled emotions lives on the basis of principle and not feelings. This is so important. We live by principle, not our feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. The principles that we have are the result of hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, and having those principles put down into our heart. A spirit-controlled Christian lives by faith, lives by their conscience, lives by intuition, and lives by God's Word. The carnal Christian lives by what he feels, and that's what we've got to be delivered from. See, our culture puts a premium on what you feel. If you feel it, it's real. If you feel it, it's legitimate. If you feel it, it's true. But I want to announce to you today that feelings can be false and wrong and lead you astray. And we don't live by feelings. The culture puts a premium on feelings. God puts a premium on faith. The culture puts a premium on emotions. God puts a premium on his word and obedience. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings, and not by what we feel or our emotions. Nothing can be more deceptive than an emotion, and nothing is more true than his word. Let God be true and let emotions be a lie when it is up against the truth of God's word. Let God be true in every emotion a lie if it conflicts with the Word of God. Can you say with me? I'm not to be emotion-driven. Matter of fact, it's pretty dangerous. You know, the Bible advises never make a major decision under the influence of a strong emotion. Never make a major decision based on a strong emotion. The Bible says, don't be led by emotion, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will. He will. Not your emotions. He will direct your path. Your emotions can tell you something is God when it's not. Your emotions can lead you totally contrary to the will of God. It doesn't matter what you feel. What does the Word of God say about what you feel? I believe emotions ought to be run through the filter of Scripture. And if they don't line up with Scripture, let God be true in every emotion, a lie. Satan wants us emotion-driven. He wants us to obey our feelings. You know why? Because he can fan your feelings up. He can stir your emotions up. He can make you think that because you feel it, it's true. But because you feel it doesn't make it true at all. The Bible says that we're never to use our emotions to find the will of God. Don't use your emotions to find the will of God for your life. Because they can lead you astray. Listen to what the Bible says. He who trusts in his own heart... Is a fool. But whoever is guided by wisdom will be delivered. So if you trust in your feelings, in your heart, in what you're feeling, in emotions, you're a fool. But if you're guided by wisdom, you're wise and you're strong. You get your guidance for the will of God out of the Word of God, not out of your emotions. I can't tell you, I've pastored almost 25 years. I can't tell you how many times. I've seen people blow it, make big mistakes because of what they felt. Right down to who you marry. Well, aren't you supposed to love who you marry? You're supposed to check them out before you love them. Now, I'm going to save you thousands of dollars in counseling in the future right now. (laughs) Before you get emotionally attached to them, check them out. The pop song was right. My mama told me I better shop around. you check out their faith find out if he or she is going to church when you're not there find out if they're praying when you're nowhere around because they'll put on their best suit and best dress for you if they want to get you into the altar but you better figure out if they're walking the same walk you're walking before your emotions are too involved for you to tell the difference and you get dumb and dumber because love will strike you dumb hello everybody you better not marry somebody that doesn't have the faith you do unless you want to step into a living, breathing hell. Boy, y'all are full of amens today. <laughs> so you don't use your own. Well, I love them, so it must be the will of God. No, 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 no. He says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's your guide. That's just an example. Never use emotions to prove or disprove God's working in your life. You know, there are a lot of times that God is working. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, God is working in your life right now in ways that you can't see, in ways that you could not be aware of because you are confined to flesh and blood. But God is working and moving, setting things up for you, moving people around, setting circumstances up. He's preparing you for a blessing. He's setting you up for a blessing, particularly if you're seeking Him and loving Him and giving Him your time and wanting His best. He's already set out to prepare a blessing for you. It doesn't matter if you can feel it or not. I have discovered that most of the times, God was moving more mightily in my life than ever before is when I didn't feel it or was not aware of it. I'm telling you, our God is a mighty God. He's a circumstance moving, people moving God, and He's setting things up. You know, I was reading about, I was reading about Jacob this week, and Jacob when he left his home, was going to where he would meet his wives and his his uncle Laban and so on and so forth. He was sleeping under the stars and he had a dream and he saw the ladder that went up into heaven and the angels ascending and descending to the throne of God from heaven to earth. And he woke up and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. I wasn't aware of it. I didn't sense it. But God was setting him up to meet Rachel, to meet Leah, to have all of his children. He was the patriarch of the Jewish lineage. God was setting him up to play a key role in his future. We are the recipients of God's blessing on Jacob to this day. And yet, when God was moving the mightiest, he said, I did not know it. God's footsteps are silent. You don't see them and you're not aware of it he's carrying you and you don't know it and you're gonna meet people and be walked into circumstances that you're gonna look back and go wow God was moving in my life that Sunday at Turning Point Church and I did not know it but now I see the footsteps of God all over the place now how can we learn to bring our emotions under the control of God's spirit say Pastor Jeff I lose my temper I'm always upset I'm very emotional I'm super sensitive I've got these emotions all the time swirling around. I'm prone to depression, this and that and the other. And I want to be steady Eddie in my emotions. How do I do it? I'm going to tell you. Here's the first thing you got to know. Can you say no? You got to know something. Know that God has everything under control. Do you know that? And we got no nods today. Do this or do this. Do y'all know that? You got to know that God has everything under control. I read recently about a little boy in a family of eight. They went on a vacation in one of these great big vans and they stopped at a little rest stop. They were going very, very far this one day. So they stopped at a rest stop. Everybody piled out, uh, went to the restroom, kind of stretched and relaxed. And then they were on a deadline. So they jumped into the van, took off, and they were about 30 miles down the road. And somebody said, where's Johnny? Oh, he's in the back of the van playing with one of the toys. Johnny! And nobody answered. They said, where's Johnny? They looked and looked, and they all freaked out. Johnny was back there so they slam on the brakes, wheel around, screech out, race back down the road. Oh no, I hope he's okay. They come screeching up to the rest stop. And here's little Johnny with a red rubber ball bouncing it up against the wall. And they say, are you okay? Are you okay? He says, I'm fine. I knew you'd be back. I knew you'd be back. And you know, that's the way God is and the way we need to be with God. See, the whole message, you've got to know that God has everything under control. We need to be able to say to Him, I knew you'd come through. I wasn't upset. I was listening to Charles Stanley last night, and he made a great point. He was talking about resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for Him. And he said, you can either fret or you can rest. He said, you can't fret and rest at the same time. You can either rest or you can fret. If you're fretting, you can't rest. If you're resting you can't fret. But you can't do both at the same time. You're either a fretter or you're a rester. Now, if you trust like Johnny did, you're a rester. That means I know he's got it all under control. And God's going to come through for me. And so I'm not fretting about it. I'm resting in the care of my heavenly Father. I know that. So since I know he's going to come through and that all the circumstances are under his control, why should I freak out? Why should I be emotional? Why should I act like somebody who is not certain at all whether or not God the Father is going to show up? Why should I act this way? Because you can't fret and rest at the same time. You're going to rest or you're going to fret. You're going to fret or you're going to rest. And some of us are just like the man who was walking up the mountain path. And here he is walking, 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 and he got so high up, and the scenery was so beautiful, he stood towards the edge. And when he stood towards the edge to look down, 900 feet down, the ground gave way, and he slipped. And on his way down, he grabbed a twig that was sticking out from the side of the cliff. And he's dangling. And he starts yelling, is anybody up there? Help! Can anybody hear me? Help! Suddenly a deep voice came booming down. I'm here. Who are you? I'm the Lord. Let go and I'll catch you. He thought a minute. Is anybody else up there? (laughs) Isn't that the way we do sometimes? Lord, I believe in you unless i got to let go. I believe in you as long as I'm safe. But if I'm in midair and you've got to catch me, then faith gets real. God says, I've got it. It's in my hands. And in light of this, you got to talk to those emotions like we talked about a minute ago. Like David said, David spoke to himself, and then he said these words. I will yet praise him. The bank account may be low, but I will yet praise him. My marriage may be in trouble, but I will yet praise him. I may have all kinds of problems, but I will yet praise him because I know my God will come through for me. I know it's all in his hands. So I'm telling myself, why are you disquieted, O my soul? Why are you cast down inside of me? stir yourself up in God. Put hope on, because you will yet praise Him who is the health of your countenance and your God. Come on, everybody. Now, the second thing you do is you talk to God about it. Look at what David said. He said, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Oh, God, my soul is cast down within me. Now, you know, I tell you all the time, God never says, well, I'll be. You can't tell God anything that's going to shock him. You can't tell him anything he doesn't already know. Before you thought it, he knew you were going to think it. Before you said it, he knew you were going to say it. Before you did it, he knew you were going to do it. You can't take God by surprise. And so he says, David says, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. See, folks, you can go through it by yourself. You can walk through that valley alone, or you can pour out your heart to God. There's not anything that is going to shock God, not anything that's going to make him walk away from you. There's nothing that's going to make him reject you. Take God what you're going through and say, Lord, I'm experiencing, I'm upset. I'm emotional. This person is doing this or that. Or my job is doing this or that to me. Or I am tossed with temptation. I'm in some kind of a fiery oven, Lord, and this is what I'm feeling. Pour out your heart before him. Paul did this. Paul was being afflicted with what he called a thorn in the flesh. And he says his own testimony in the Word of God says, Three times I called upon the Lord and sought him about this he went to God and said, Lord, this is driving me crazy. And you know, there are some things that'll drive you crazy if you don't talk them to, take them to God. I was talking to a man this week, sophisticated businessman. I mean, sharp guy, very educated. And I shared with him what I did as a pastor, began to talk to him about the Lord. I said, how long since you've been in church? He said, well, it's been a long time, but he said, I really do believe in God. And I know that Jesus is there because there was a time when I had to be delivered from cocaine. And I said, you? He said, oh, yeah. I said, cocaine? You? You were hooked on cocaine? He said, yeah, bad. I said, how did you get out of it? What was the, the turning point? What was the defining moment? Where, where, where did you crash where you finally turn and got out? He said, I'm going to tell you, but it's a hard story. I said, tell me. And I'm going to tell you, it's difficult to hear, but I'm going to tell you. He said, I did cocaine every single day of my life, and I did it for years. My nasal passages were rotting out of my head. I didn't care. All I cared about was the next cocaine fix. And I had a source, a dealer, and I got it every day. And one time, me and some friends of mine were in this dive of a restaurant, and our source for the first time in years, could not get cocaine to us. And so we began to panic, and I began to panic on the inside. I didn't know what to do. And so we had one more hit left of cocaine, and I took it. And Jeff, something began to happen to me, and I began to panic. I was afraid. And as I listened to his story, I thought, I need to say even more than I always do. There's some things you don't even need to do one time. You don't need to do them one time. Some things you don't even need to do once. You don't need to do cocaine once. Speed once. Alcohol once. Pot even one time. Why? If I told you I needed to put my hand on a burning hot flame just once to see what it was like, would you think that I was crazy, baby? Yes. Yes. Why do you need to do cocaine one time? If you touch cocaine, a turtle crossing I-35 in rush hour traffic has more hope than you. Because this man said to me, Jeff, I did that last one and I live for it. I breathe for it and I was dying for it. And it began to hit me that I didn't have any more. I went into the restroom of this dive of a restaurant and I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what he told me. We need to know the truth. He said there was urine on the floor. It was a filthy bathroom, urine on the floor. And I noticed when I walked in that people had been in there before me doing cocaine and some of it had fallen on the floor and I was so desperate. I saw it glistening on that filthy floor that I began to pick it up off that filthy floor and snort it. And some of you are in drugs today. You're in church, but you're in drugs and you're snared. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus can get you out. Jesus can set you free. This man, kneeling down on the bathroom floor, snorting coke off of a urine floor, said, God help me, I've reached the end. And suddenly, God began to move in my life, That night I went home, and there was an old friend that used to do cocaine with me who was now redeemed, saved. And he told me that I could get out. And I've been out for 19 years. And I said, praise God. You don't have to do that. I encourage you, instead of turning to anything like that, learn to access the holy ghost of god inside of you. I mean, Jesus said it's like a river of water flowing up out of the well that god has dug in your life. Learn to praise him, learn to worship him, learn to get into the word of god, stay in church, learn to access those living waters because they will never put you in jail, not yet anyway. They won't put you in jail. They won't destroy you. They'll build you up and god'll heal you if you access the holy ghost. Can you give god a hand of praise? <clears throat> You know, I just thought of that story that he told me because there he was on the bathroom floor and he talked to God about it. He talked to God about it. And God helped him. And the last thing, if you want to steady your emotions, is offer the sacrifice of praise to God. David said, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call on the name of the Lord. Listen, a Christian shows maturity when he praises the Lord out of obedience instead of just when he feels good. If you're waiting for you to feel good before you'll praise God, Satan will see to it that you never feel good. He'll bring everything he can into your life to shoot you down, get you discouraged, get you preoccupied so that you do not worship God. If you're emotion-driven, then he will see to it that your emotions are always stirred up. But if you get your emotions under the control of the Holy Ghost, and Satan can't use that as a tool and a weapon anymore, and one of the ways that you do it is you offer the sacrifice of praise to God. The spiritual Christian will work and act out of obedience to the Word of God no matter what he feels or thinks. I praise him because I know that I should. Paul said in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Listen to the prophet Habakkuk. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. In other words, though there is no reason circumstantially whatsoever that I should be praising God, he said, yet I will, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So when the boss fires you before you get to your car, say, I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm not going to let circumstances, I'm not going to let the devil, I'm not going to let my flesh keep me in constant emotional turmoil. I'm going to learn to be steady, eddy, emotionally as a disciple of Christ. Jesus was this way and I'm going to close with this. They come to Jesus. Your very best friend, Lazarus, who you love, is dying. What did Jesus do? Did he, oh and run to him? He stood right there and they thought what's the matter with you they said your friend is dying you can go healing this sickness is not to death it's to the glory of god what's the matter with you you cold-hearted dude your friend is dying you don't understand i'm not emotion driven i'm spirit controlled and i'm will of god driven It's God's will he dies because I'm going to raise him. If Jesus had been emotion-driven, Lazarus would have never gotten up from the dead because he'd have been healed before he died. So we need, when something emotional comes our way, say, Holy Spirit, what saith you? Not everything that people tell you is an emergency is one. We live in a world that says, you better, you better, you better, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, run, 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 do, do, do. When I get spirit control, I immediately access the spirit of God inside of me and say, what are you telling me about this? This week, Kathy told me something, not that we're fine, but she told me something that I noticed normally would have upset me, something external outside of our home. And um, I just took it in stride, water off a duck's back, and then I thought, what's the matter with you, Wickwire? And then it occurred to me, I've been through too much. I just listen to God if something comes my way. And He doesn't tell me to freak out, He never tells me to get all emotional. Ooh, you don't want a pastor. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't want she. Ooh. And so, it just occurred to me that I've grown some. I haven't mastered this, but I have learned not to be freaky about stuff, not to freak out. God's in charge. Can we stand together? Can you say with me? No, God is in charge. Talk to God about it. Offer the sacrifice of praise. It's very simple. This week, something emotional will come your way. Remember, no talk offer. Say, Lord, I give you this emotional situation. I'm not going to freak. I'm going to respond, not react. Amen. All right, Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for your goodness and your watch care over us. Lord, we're to be spirit-controlled and spirit-led. We give to you our emotions. Now, as I'm praying, I want you to stop and think about where are you emotional? Do you get angry easy? Upset all the time? Are you on an emotional roller coaster? Can you just give that to God? Say, Lord, I want my emotions to come under the control of the Holy Spirit. You can't believe what it'll do for your marriage. You can't believe what it'll do for your singleness. It'll help you in so many ways. Take a minute and pray while Steve plays. Then we're going to sing right before we go. Thank you, Lord.